Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Thank you. (laughs) Um, How encouraging uh, just to be used by God in this way. And so um, if you would, I'm just going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to just speak through me today. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for, man, just talking to me on a daily basis and getting to hear your voice and knowing that you're the one that's going to lead me this morning to be able to encourage. God, I thank you for Paul. I thank you for the context of knowing what he's been through and knowing that he didn't want to just survive, but he wanted to thrive. He wanted to share the hope with others. And so, God, I just thank you um, that I get to do the same, that you're going to use me today to just be able to encourage people introduce them to Papa, to my God, my El Shaddai, and be able to just encourage and how we can have just hope in you, how we can have everlasting life, a restored relationship with you, and be able to thrive in the midst of chaos. And so, God, I just, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for using me today as a vessel. You know I am not a great speaker. God, I just, a willing vessel to be used by you to share the hope that I have found in you. So I thank you for that in your name. Amen. Well, I hope you have your journals because later I'm going to ask you guys to just really participate. Um, I don't like to just have like, okay, hear me speak because that's not, (laughs) that is not me. Um, What I like to do is just be able to share the hope that I have and just for you guys to engage and really be able to say, okay, how is it that I'm going to walk out of here and, and hear him? How am I going to walk out of here and be able to surrender my life? And what does that look like? And how can I, in the midst of, of turmoil and destruction and chaos in this world, uh, death, like how, how is it possible to have the perspective that Paul did, which was joy, right? In the midst of things that didn't make sense. I love how Maddie talked about flourishing in the midst of of circumstances that does not seem like you would want to flourish or even possible, right? It just seems incredible beyond um, our imagination or our thought, especially in in this earthly sense. It's like does not make sense. Um, And that is exactly what I love about Paul. I love that I have um, the verse here because I didn't, <laughs> but uh, 2 Corinthians, I just want to give you a little perspective because we're learning about, um, about Paul talking, you know, having this joy, right? Summer joy ride is what you guys are talking about. You've been learning about who Paul is, um, what he's been through, and just to summarize a little bit in 2 Corinthians, he talks about having taken more beatings, been dragged to more prisons than they, I've been flogged excessively multiple times, even to the point of death. Five times I received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced being beaten by, with rods. Once they stoned me. Three times I've been shipwrecked. For an entire night and day, I was adrift in the open sea. In my difficult travels, I faced many dangerous situations, perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even uh, my own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, with storms at sea, And with spies posing as believers, I've toiled to the point of exhaustion, 
gone through many sleepless nights. I've frequently been deprived of food of water, left hungry and shivering out in the cold, lacking proper clothing. And besides with painful circumstances, I have the daily pressure of my responsibility for all the churches with deep concern weighing heavily on my heart. Okay, do you feel a little encouraged? Right? (laughs) Have you been beaten, stoned, shipwrecked? I mean, if we want to talk about somebody who's been through hard times, I think we could fairly say that Paul has it, right? He understood it. Yet he's the one that 16 times in the book of Philippians is the one that's telling us, rejoice while he's in prison. How is it possible to have that kind of perspective? I'm so encouraged by Paul because when my life hit, man, I'm just going to summarize just a few points for you guys to understand why I feel so understood by Paul. Why I feel like, man, if Paul can do it, so can I, right? Just, just a little bit, okay? So, born in, in, Mex- in Norway, grew up in Mexico in a missionary home, um, abused by my father, so I did not understand really, okay, if this who God, a follower of God, ha- hmm, that doesn't mix up, right? So, mad, angry at God, and I decided, man, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, I was kicked out of my family. I was disowned um, as a teen, and now I was like, man, I just want somebody to love me, somebody to accept me. I don't know about you if you know any stories, but girls in their teens who don't have approval and want love go to all the wrong places, right? I think there's so many country songs that we can listen to about how that goes wrong, right? That's exactly what happened to me right? I was raped. There was uh, situations that happened. I was just like, I just want love. And God's like, man, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I'm chasing after you. I want a relationship with you. That was not me. That was people choosing to do things that were not of me. People, sinners, saved by grace, just like us. We make mistakes, right? And we, we do things that harm others. That's people. That's not God. And so God chases after me, and I hit rock bottom, like living in a house that sells drugs, and, um, and just like completely uh, at a loss in a pit, and I said, Lord, you know, rescue me. And so I start on that journey, but then what, what we sometimes do is we kind of replace, we put people there, you know, so I found a guy who was connected amazing with God, right? And so I'm like, cool, you hold on to Jesus, I'll hold on to you. And I'll do everything you say, and then I'll like, you know, right? And so I'm like, oh, problem solved. I'm in, I'm in heaven. This is going to be amazing paradise. Problem is, he's a sinner saved by grace, right? And so what happens is a, a mistake that he made in the past comes and bites him in the present in our marriage. And he is on probation for 10 years. We're isolated, and it was shaming. And, and I'm like, okay, but it's okay. We're, we're, at, the de- we're at the end of the, of the 10 years. It's going to be great. And then somebody gets mad, and they... Sinner saved by grace, make, a, make some stuff happen, and oh my gosh, my husband is in prison for 10 years. The day before he goes to prison, I have four little girls, and my seven-year-old at the time experiences heart failure, and she is uh, just a fluke, a cold led to heart failure, and now she's having her first open heart surgery um, right the day before that he were going to court. So has open heart surgery. She's like not doing well. Um, At this point, when when I say not doing well, when the nurse, when God 
I love how God does this in ways, like he'll bring a nurse and he spoke Spanish. I'm like, oh my gosh, because my first language is Spanish. And then he is like, I know you're a believer. And you're like, okay, is this to prepare me? Because I know she's like not doing well. They were doing this medical dance. which I, I like to call it medical dance because one, I like to dance, but the medical dance is where they start doing like they give one meds to keep her alive, but then that med causes other things to happen. And so then they're moving these things. And so they're essentially with medicine trying to keep her alive through the night. Um, and so this nurse speaks Spanish, comes up and he says, I know that you're a believer and you know that if she dies tonight, you'll see her in heaven. Okay. I don't know about you, but I was kind of discouraged. <laughs> I was kind of feeling like my life was not really uh, amazing, flourishing. Um, and I was like, man, God, like I've seen you get me through these things in the past. And I've seen even how you've used it for good. If there is any way that I can trust you in this moment to bring good, man, just help me wholeheartedly to choose that. See, because in that moment, there was choices between two girls that I saw in my head. The one girl would go back to her vices to deal with the situations that she was dealing with, to look at the circumstances and to say, I'm out. I have four kids that I'm responsible for. I had lost my job at that point. The ministry that we were a part of closed down. My husband's in prison. My daughter is about to die. And I was just like, I cannot do this, right? So I'm out. I'm going to go check into my vices. And I'm just going to, then I'm going to feel shame, right? Because my mind kind of goes like that. I'm going to feel shame. Okay, then I'm this. And then, oh, and then I'm not going to be able to live with that. And so then I'm going to take my life. Or I can choose to trust God in a way that I haven't had before. I trusted him over here. And I was kind of leaning on somebody and, but man, God, if, if what Paul was saying is that there's an ability not just to survive, but I can thrive in these circumstances because I trust you wholeheartedly and I let you, like I believe all the promises that you said, man, then, then I want to choose that. Because that is the, the people in the Bible when you see and you read them and you read their stories and you see that these are real people, right, in the Bible. That you have Esther who like comes and says, okay, I'm going to be used by God. And even if I don't get to have a meeting with the king, I'm going to come and I'm going to be brave. And I'm going to say, God, here, use me. And then a whole nation is saved because of her bravery. She didn't even know she would actually get to talk to the king. Instead, she was just like, I'm here. Use me. Even if I die before I even get into that room, I'm at least willing. And I said, God, I, I want to be that. But you're going to have to give me the wisdom and the strength. And I don't even know half of the promises that you've said in the Bible at this time. So with that, I want us to go to Philippians 2 if we could read it. Philippians 2, 12 through 18. He says, therefore, my beloved. So we know Paul is in prison, right? All these beatings and everything. And he's encouraging the church of Philippi. And he says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He says in the next verse, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, 
so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. The first thing that he talks about there is that he says that work out your salvation. So the first thing is that we have to know that God is the one that is doing the work. He says, work it out. And he goes, but God is the one that is doing it. He says, God is a source. So I want to, the first point that I want to kind of bring you to, the point of what I'm answering this today is how is it possible to thrive instead of survive? Is it possible to thrive in the midst of circumstances like Paul was living or like my life? Is it possible? And I would, I would absolutely say yes. And so I want to tell you, I just want to share from my story how it is that I can rejoice in the midst of my circumstances. Because my circumstances haven't changed. Nothing is solved yet for me. It's the fact that I know who my source is. I know the God that I serve, the Papa, the El Shaddai, the reason why I'm wearing this shirt. He has become somebody who I've been connected with, who speaks to me daily, who leads every step of my life. And I can tell you, I have a hope that I am dying to share with you today. That is why I'm here, because I want to share the hope that I have found. And so one point is that you remember the source. Remember who the source is for life. Remember who the source is that is going to give you the courage, the joy, the hope, the everything. Remember the source because it's a daily thing. You have to remember constantly. I have to wake up and purposely I spend time in my journal to remind me today I'm going to put on my pants and I'm going to put on my shirt and I'm going to remember that my source is God. My source is the Holy Spirit who's going to give me strength, who's going to provide for me, who's going to do everything that I need. The strength, like to, to get a degree and sleep three hours at night, work full time, take care of a medically high um, needs child, and take care of four kids on my own, working full time. Yes, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit can give you an ability that is not within you. That is my source. God is the source of work. He is the one that is working within us. It is important to know. I love how Bryson uh, did. I'm going to do exactly what Bryson said. He said, "There's God is a triune God. There's three in one. Feel free to ask Drake to explain that more thoroughly later because uh, that's a service in itself. But, uh, but I'm going to tell you that because it's important for you to know. If you know God is your source, okay, what is it that you're relying on, right? So we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one, according to 2 Corinthians 6, 19, he says is the one that is indwelling within us. Okay, so he is the one that indwells in you. He's the one that is doing the work. He's the one that when you're, when you're listening and you're saying, oh, I can't do it. Will you do, like, what do you want me to do today? And he's like, Lisa, I want you to spend time with you. I want you to remember that I made you for a purpose. I'm the one that's going to do this. The reason why you feel nervous today, it's because you're focusing on your flesh. You're not the great speaker. Like, that's not what I asked you to do. What I asked you just to do is to just trust me and to just be used by me. But you can have confidence, Lisa, that I'm the one that's going to speak through you. I'm the one that wants to get connected to each one of the people here today. Not you. And so you can just let that flesh, like, fight that flesh, tell that flesh to just shut up, <laughs> don't obey it, and just listen to my voice. And what I told you is that I want to use you, I'm going to use you. Have I failed you before? No, God, you have not failed me. 
Okay. That is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that is communing and talking with you and, and having um, Holy Spirit moments and concerts where he just slaps you and says, I am he who you are searching for. Then you have Jesus. Jesus is the one who died on the cross for us, right? He died so that you and I could have that restored relationship with God. Because Romans 3.23 says that we are separated from God because of our sin, because of our mistakes, because of everything as far as that we have done. We're separated. God is perfect. He can't be in the sight of darkness. And so Jesus said, I'm going to come. I'm going to die. I'm going to pay for that so that you can have a re restored relationship with God the Father. That's the whole point. When people say, like, are you saved? And you're like, well, saved from what, right? The whole point is being saved from your relationship with God being torn apart. That you are, you are separated for an eternity. But Jesus, Jesus came so that you could have a restored relationship with him. That's what being saved is. Saved means I now have my relationship restored. I don't, get, I don't have to be eternally separated from him. That's who Jesus is. He's the one that died. And then you have God the Father, right? God the Father is the one that forgave, that forgave us. It talks about Matthew. He's, he's the one that extends that forgiveness and says, man, I made you. I want to have a relationship, so I gave my son. And then the Holy Spirit says, oh my gosh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm now going to be with you at all times and comfort you. He says the whole, Jesus said when he was leaving, he goes, man, I'm going to go at the right seat of my father. And he goes, but I'm going to leave you a gift, and that is the Holy Spirit that is going to be within you. He's going to give you the ability to do all the things. All the things that we read about that Paul did and the apostles did. He's like, that's what I'm leaving within you. That's the power and the access to that you have. That when you let Jesus pay for that sin and restore your relationship with God, the Holy Spirit comes within you and says, okay, now let's, let's do this. You know, <laughs> like, let me use you. Let me show you what I made you for. Let me tell you all the deep desires that you have within you because I made you. The Holy Spirit is the one within us doing the work in and through us. Okay, so we have access to that. We know that he's a source. I think a lot of us, we can say, oh yeah, of course, God is a source. I rely on him for all things. However, our flesh and so I want to challenge you today. I want you to get your journals out. If you didn't, don't have the Philippian journal, feel free to get your phone. But I'm going to walk you through what I want you to do is we're going to do a little self-analysis. Because I think in our minds sometimes we can say, yes, I trust you. And you're my source, God, of course. Okay, but my job, okay. Um, I, I'm going to give you a scenario because I think this will help. I'm in the hospital and I'm going, okay. How am I in a pride for my kids? Okay, my job. I lost my job. I need to find a new job. Okay, okay, okay. Finances, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a job, and I'll do whatever the job tells me to do because, like, I need a job, right? And then, okay, um, I need peace. I need joy. I need, if only my husband was out of prison, that would be really helpful because <laughs> I would not have this burden on my own, and all of a sudden I would share it with somebody, and I would be like, oh, my gosh, what happened at the hospital today? Let's talk about this, uh, but I don't have access to him. Okay, if only that. Um, the reason why I don't have joy, my daughter is dying, hello, and I have to like organize how, how my kids, who are they going to stay with, all of a sudden they have their dad disappear in the middle of the night, mom disappeared, daughter disappeared, <sighs> okay, but yes God, I trust you, I rely on you, you're my source. Okay, so what we're going to do, I want you to think about at least three things, financial, 
I want you to think about your, or the physical realm. I want you to think about your needs, your physical needs, the things that you need. Money, right? I want you to think about spiritual, and I want you to think about emotional. What is filling those needs? The, the best way that I would ask it for myself is I would say, if only I had, or if only Jay was here, if only whatever, then I would be at peace. So what is meeting those three needs, practically speaking? Is it your job? Is it your boss? Is it your husband or your wife? Is it Drake? What is meeting your needs? So three of them. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen a little bit to music, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. What am I actually, not the, the right answer that we think people want, be honest with yourself. Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us right now. Point out how is it that we're meeting our needs right now physically. What is it that we're looking to as our source to meet our physical needs? Is it our job? Is it a person? God, I pray that as right now as we listen to your words as far as in worship, that we would just take time to hear your voice and write it down. If you would play. All right, so why do I have you write this? Why is it important for us to, to hear the Holy Spirit and what is meeting our source? Because you need what your source is supplying, right? So if I am putting my trust in my job, and I'm thinking that my job is the one that's providing for me what I need, then I will do whatever it takes, whatever the boss says, right? Because I need that job. So without us knowing Without us intentionally meaning to, that becomes our God. Because we need what it has. Does that make sense? Like we, when you think, okay, if only this, if only I have that, or if only my circumstances look this way, then all of a sudden that's the way that you are focusing and that's meeting your need. And so then that's why we make dumb decisions sometimes, right? Where we say, well, I, I know this is not ethically right, but if I don't do it, then I'm going to lose my job. And so what do I do? But if God is my source and the Holy Spirit, and I truly am living that out, and I'm not saying you just live it out by like, okay, I'm going to choose you. No, it takes like holding on and saying, okay, I'm going <laughs> to believe what you say is true right now. 
And so when my daughter passes away tonight, I'm going to trust you that you're my source. You're going to walk me through that. You're going to give me the ability to not just walk through that, but have joy knowing that one day I see her. Because that's not what my flesh wants. But I'm going to trust you that even in then, when you lose your job in the midst of COVID and you're providing for four little girls and traveling three weekends out of a month, six hours away to go see your husband in prison because you're like, I need to take the girls. Lord, like use this to maintain connected so that we're still a family. God, I lost my job. I'm isolated in this house. I can't even go get groceries. They don't even want me to go out this. How am I going to do that? And God says, I am your source. I am your job. I am your money. I said I clothe the lilies. I'm going to clothe you. Just trust me, Lisa. Just trust me so much that when I say walk on water, you can walk on water. That's how much I want to trust you, God. So help me trust you. I've given you the Holy Spirit. It raised Jesus from the dead. That's who you have inside you. That's who you have inside you to help you in your circumstances. God says, I've given you everything that you need. You can do anything that I lead you to. So if I say, I got it, I got it, Lisa. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to fight this battle. Like Ephesians 6 says, put on the armor. I'm putting on the armor every day. I'm going to go out. You know what? This room, God, is yours, and it's going to be known for joy. And you know what? God is so good. Our room was known for joy. Our room was known as the one that worshiped and that celebrated and that loved people. And they're like, how are you singing songs of worship and dancing and being silly and shaking your booty? <laughs> like when, when your daughter is in bed, because God, because God gave me the source. There's one thing that I want you to, an example, I want you guys to um, to hear. Okay. So it's my daughter. She had bivats, which is essentially her heart gave out entirely, like both left side, right side. So she had bivats is what they call it. Assist devices for both sides. And so this pump, this is external pump. And then there's these cables that are carrying the blood and going in through her belly and providing life to her, right? Because can you, can you survive without blood? Can you survive with your heart not beating at all? Right. So these cables bringing the source of life, right? The blood and the pump is the one that's pushing it in and pushing that blood in. Okay. Why am I explaining this? I feel like it gave me the perfect example of what it's supposed to be like my job, what my job is when I know God is the source, right? Okay. Jesus, you're there. You're the one that died for me so that I could have a relationship. Holy spirit is within you. Give me the word. So how do I do the whole dance of what is my part? What is your part? Because some of us can land where we're like, okay, cool, you saved me, and I know that that was by grace. I didn't do anything for it, right? Ephesians 2 says it was not, no man can boast, not a works. Okay, but my sanctification, okay, that's a process that I have to do. And I'm telling you, it is not. Your job oh, to recognize our part in it, our part is just to surrender to him and say, however you want to use me, I'm going to trust you so much that however you want to do it, I'm willing. There's a word that I like to call, it's called SWAP. It's an acronym, SWAP. Okay, that helps me to swap my perspective of doing for being. Okay, so SWAP, what does it stand for? Surrender. First step I have to do is say, okay, I'm going to surrender what I can see. I'm going to surrender what I can feel. I'm going to surrender what I can, um, all, those, all the physical things, right? My circumstances, if, if I focus on them, do they look 
hopeful? No, right? Within my own strength, a mama can't make it. (laughs) And so I had to surrender what I saw. I had to surrender what I see, what I feel, what I know. And I had to replace it. And I, the way that I replaced it was waiting in prayer in his word. I love that you guys, the saying that you, that you have at City Church where it talks about um, waiting in prayer, right? Like the first response, sorry, the first response is prayer, not the last resort. Absolutely true. The first thing I have to do every morning is say, God, you're the source. You're going to provide everything I need. The second thing right there is says in his word. The verse that we talk about in Philippians 2, it says that we're supposed to hold fast to the word of God. If you don't know him, if you don't know the promises that he is giving you, I'm telling you, you can't hold on. So why do you need community? Why do you need people to teach you and to encourage you to get to know the promises of God? Because when you hit the storm, you have to know what to hold on to. You have to know what promises actually is God making to me? What can I actually, like, in that moment, is that verse applicable to me? Like, can I hold on to that? Because when we do know it, then we can hold fast. And you can say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I'm going to make it. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how, right? Can you imagine Peter? I don't know how I'm going to walk on water, right? Paul's like, okay, I feel like you're telling me to sing right here in the prison, right? And we don't, prison of Rome was like underground where the sewer was. So he got beat, right? Open wounds. And then he goes down into the sewer. I don't know about you, but I'd be kind of worried, right? And so in him, he's like, okay, he teaches us. And the way that we can think like he did is because he explains it, right? He's saying, I rely on the Holy Spirit. So in that moment, he's sitting there going, okay, I feel like you're wanting me to sing prison doors open. We could escape, but you're telling me to stay here and sing. Okay. Sing it out, Holy Spirit. And he sings it out. And then the jailer is like, oh, I'm going to kill myself because everybody escaped. And in that time, if you were the jailer and everybody escaped, like you were done for. So you might as well do the honorable thing and kill yourself. And Paul is singing worship and he's like, oh, no, hold on. I stayed here because you're, you're about to encounter somebody that you don't want to miss. I'm going to introduce you to your source, to your hope. And it changes everything for that family, for that town. They get to know who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is who indwells in them. So what is our part? We are supposed to wait in prayer and know his word, hold fast to his word because we know it. We spent time with him. We spent time with other believers who taught us the word and what we could hold on to. And then we avoid every hint of sin. We don't put ourselves in circumstances. Like in, in, in my situation, I cannot put myself in circumstances because I know where I'll go. I know my vices. I know that a, a, a chick who does not have a hubby would like to have a hubby present for a lot of reasons. So what do I have to make sure that I do? I have to make sure that I avoid every innocent. I make sure that I put myself in environments where I'm not going to meet someone so that I stay faithful to what God has called me to. He gives me the power and the strength to do so. He gives me the wisdom to say, don't go to the gym by yourself, right? He gives me the wisdom to say, don't ride in the car with opposite sex, no matter what circumstances, even if it's down the block don't this, don't that, like he gives me wisdom, not because of roles. God made you. He knows how you work. Like I love the word of God when he says, I made you, I I knit you together. Okay. And then we're like, oh, then you have all these rules. 
No, the point is, is, is I have this silly example that I give my middle schoolers, so bear with me. I know you guys are going to, it's going to be hilarious. But <laughs> Okay, so a robot. Let's say I made a robot, and the robot wants to get in the bathtub, and I go, robot, you are not um, waterproof. Okay, and the robot's like, but I want to get in the bathtub. <laughs> Again, I said it was stupid, so bear with me. <laughs> okay, but, but the robot's like, but I want to go in the bathtub. And you're like, right, love it, but I didn't make you that way. So when you go in, it's going to destroy you. Not because I'm trying to be a you know, party pooper here. I'm just telling you that if you go in, it's going to destroy you. And then the robot goes in, right? And then we're like, oh, well, that wasn't very loving of you, right, of of who I made him to be. Well, wait a minute. I told you because I love you, because I care for you, and I love the fact that I made you. Those, that's the relationship in the silliest way that I can describe that God, when he was like telling you the boundaries, it wasn't that he was trying to be a party pooper. It's that he was saying, I made you. And just so that you know, by the way, when you give thanks to me and give thanks and focus on the positive every day, oh, guess what? Science says that that makes you better and healthier and you live longer lives. I love when science catches up, right? Because the Bible said it, right? The Bible was saying it the whole time. Like, hey, if you're thankful, your bones are better. You sleep better at night. So if you think of it that way, then you can listen and say, I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to avoid that because the Holy Spirit talks to me through his word because it's alive and it tells me what to do. And then the last one, prompting of the Holy Spirit. That means like every time I wake up, every transition of my day, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? I'm going to go to my work. This is what I do every, every day. I go to my work and I walk through the hallways and I'm like, who do you want to speak to today? Who do you want to encourage? Who do you want me to hug? Oh God, ooh, Holy Spirit, you know that, that person is not a hugger. I don't think that's going to work. And he's like, Are you, do you want to hear my voice? Yeah, I want to hear your voice. Okay, I'm going to hug you, by the way. <laughs> but like, the thing is, is that you listen. It's like a daily thing. I, I mean, oh, my Holy Spirit is like humorous, just so you know. When I'm like, oh, I don't think you want me to do that. He's like, right, but I'm going to do that through you. You're like, really? Because I think I get like I'm going to throw up. I get like nervous. <laughs> but that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit and that relationship, the prompting of every time, every transition, when you answer the phone, you say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to say today? When you talk to your kids and you're like, man, I talked to you wrong, and the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up. So you listen, every, every transition of your day, acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I told you a little bit before about, the, about Riley and the VADs and the pump, and why is that important? Because it was... It is always to remember who our source is. So to distinguish that, what is my part and what is, what is God's, right, um, is that his, he is the source. So Riley could not for the life of her, she can't provide life for her. She can't pump her blood in her, right? So we have God. I told you, like, the blood is going to be the life, right, the Jesus. And then the cables are the Holy Spirit, the conduit with which life flows through. Okay, Riley can't do any of that by herself. But then she had a choice at that point. We had a choice to either stay in bed, stay comfortable. I have life now. I'm going to stay in bed and be comfortable. And the problem is everybody in the history of having bivads, I didn't know this, stayed in bed. 
and then they would gain problems because then they would morph to the bed and then their legs kind of like form to the bed and then they have more issues and more issues and so then when the heart transplant comes you're not ready right because then because you're not super healthy you have life flowing through but you haven't done anything with it and so now you're you're still stagnant you're still staying in bed but you have life okay our choice as believers I hope you see this I want you to see the connection. Sometimes we can know God as our source, but we don't understand the power that that gives us to accomplish what he wants to do through us. Not us, but to recognize us, then we have a responsibility to figure out what is it, God, that you want me to do? How do you want to use me? Who do you want me to hug? The transitioning of always acknowledging the Holy Spirit and saying, how do you want to use me, right? Because when she, what she decided to do was to get out of bed, trust the OT and PT, and all of a sudden she was getting healthier, and we called her this bionic kid. She was doing tricycle rides that nobody in the history had done with this huge cart. I mean, it's like this cart, super heavy that you're pushing, connected to cables. Can you imagine if you're doing a race and tricycle, what happens if you don't stop on time? What is that cart going to do? Hit the tricycle. And it did. <laughs> but she was so healthy that she was moving around trusting what they said. I remember the surgeon even came to me and said, Lisa, this is theory. I haven't seen it done, but I'm telling you the cables are so connected because in Germany there was this boy and he like fell down in the pool and they, they like pulled him up from the cables. from his, And so we know it's sturdy. Like I know that. I haven't seen it, but I like I know that, that that's, you know, I sewed it really good, you know, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to trust that and have faith. <laughs> and so we're going to just enjoy that and just trust it. So we were doing tricycle. We like taped up. This has never happened. I don't know if they're going to be mad at me that I'm saying this, but we like <laughs> taped the machine, electrical machine, right? That's plugged into the wall. We like taped it all around, unplugged it, went down and went outside and had a water, uh, water gun fight, right? Like <laughs> who does that <laughs> with like this connection of like, but my, my desire was like, God, you said we were going to be the house of joy in this place. And I trust you so much that we are going to go have a water balloon fight and we're going to have water gun fights and we are going to just show them like how to trust you and how to have faith in you. That was she providing life for herself? No, she knew her source came from, we had to take that car everywhere right? That's your source. But God wants you to trust your source so much that you're able to do water gun fights outside and that you're able to go tricycle riding with it. That's who he is. Does that make sense? That's how you have joy in the midst of the storm. That's how when I'm able to like focus on my, on my life and I'm able to say, yes, I can rejoice. Why? Because we just did tricycle rides. Why? How can I trust you? Because you provided for me for the last, it's been four and a half years that he's been gone and that we had surgery. And Riley, raise your hand. You're alive and well and outside of the hospital, right? So how can I rejoice? Is he out? No. We still go see him every other weekend. But you know who my source is? It's the Holy Spirit. How, does, my, does my job pay for my bills? No, it does not. I'm just going to tell you. But are my needs, needs met every week? absolutely because he is my source so how can I stand here and appeal to you that you would get to know your source that you would get to know my papa who rescued me who gave me hope in the midst of the storm to walk on water to trust him in a way not just to survive not to stay in bed not to say man 
we made it. No, but to thrive, to be able to come here today and tell you he is who he says he is. If you have not met your creator, if you have not been connected to the source, man, I appeal to you today, find someone who is connected. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess who's connected. You know how? The evidence. The evidence of someone connected is the one who has hope. The one who has had an encounter and won't refute it. And will say, I know that that was the Holy Spirit getting a hold of me. It's not that their life looks pretty. It's not that their life has figured out and everything is like bountifully provided for. It's the fact that they know who their source is. And then those who of you who have been focused on the doing and going, I can't do this. I've been doing all the things right. I've been avoiding every sin. Ugh. Let me tell you, remember your source daily. Daily go to your source and spend time and say, Holy Spirit, my flesh is fighting me. But I know you are who you say you are. Help me to like write them on me, to put them everything around me so that I remember who the source is. That it is not me. You did not call me to come up here and speak. No, it is you who wants me to just be willing to say, I have hope and I want you to have it too. That's who your source is. Remember every day, it is not you. It is the Holy Spirit within you. Ask him every moment, every transition, guide me. Guide every step of my way. And then for those of you who are like, I, I am. I'm spending time with him. I trust him. But man, you, you have a passion that I don't really have right now. What do I do? And I'm going to tell you is that you need to find out the thing that God made you for. There are resources that I can tell you that help me find what it is that the way that he made me, the dreams and the goals and the desires that he put within me because he wanted to bring it out. And some of those, they look impossible. They look crazy. They look like writing a book in the midst of all the other things that I already told you. That's impossible. But yet God's like, but I'm gonna do it and you're gonna be so excited. That's, you need to discover that. And you do that in community. Community helps you. That's who helped me to figure out what did God make me for? And then now I wake up and I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do this, right? Like, okay, you said you were gonna do this and you're gonna use me and you're gonna make me, I'm gonna be a godly mom and I'm gonna be a godly wife. And I'm gonna, of course I can drive. Yes, I can drive to Colorado and hang out and use me. And you have passion in your heart to wake up and tell people, oh my goodness, I want you to know the hope that I have found in the Holy Spirit. He is so good. Don't miss out on that today. Look at that list. If that is the list that you are focusing on and that has become your source, lay that down today. Lay it down and ask the Holy Spirit to renew you, to connect you to the source and to lead you in every moment. Today is a day that you are marked that you say, Holy Spirit, every morning that I wake up, I am gonna be connected to you as my source. And I'm gonna believe that I'm gonna do it with joy, no matter what it looks like, because Paul did it, and so can I. So Holy Spirit, man, thank you. 
thank you for getting me through this incredible storm. Thank you for letting me believe that it was possible. Thank you for helping me surrender what I could see, surrender what I, could, what I was feeling so that I could wait in you and hold fast in prayer and in your word and the promises that you gave with people around me. Thank you for giving me the wisdom in your word to avoid anything that would deter me from the plans that you have for me. And thank you that I'm prompted by the Holy Spirit every moment, every day of what to say and what to do. And so I rejoice. I give you thanks. In your name, Holy Spirit. Amen.